One of the greatest myths in management consulting is the myth of the demand side estimation case. And I'm going to be honest with you, in every single book I've ever seen, whether it's Case in Point or whatever the other books are, and there's many of them, whether it's the Harvard Casebook, the Wharton Casebook, the Booth Casebook, everyone incorrectly teaches this case, which is very surprising for me because you think by now the actual way to solve estimation cases would have permeated through the different business schools. So I find it very surprising, right? Estimation cases are not demand-side cases. Everyone I know, everyone, when they do an estimation case, that's the first time, they always start with the population of the United States, you know, then we'll segment it into people who are young, the number of times they download stuff off the internet. But the bottom line is they all do it from demand, right? If you're starting with the population of anything, it's a demand-side case. You're looking at what the size of the market is and you're constantly segmenting the market and then you find the right segment and then you look at what the demand is in that segment. Now, as we show very, very clearly, using something called the Russian visa case, demand-side estimation techniques only work if demand is driving the variable you are calculating, right? In some cases, demand does not drive the variable. Supply constraints drive the variable. So, classic examples of this would be things like... Um, the number of visas that are issued in the Russian embassy for people who want to go to the United States. I can show you right now that the number of people who want to go to the, to, to, Rush, to the United States from Russia vastly exceeds the processing power of the Moscow embassy, or the U.S. embassy in Moscow anyway. So even though many people do it from a demand side, the amount that they calculate from the demand side would be wrong. Because even though demand may be, what, 5 million people who want to go to the United States, the processing power of the U.S. Embassy in Moscow may, may mean they can only process something like 50,000 visas a year. Which means that clearly, if you tackle this case, which is a standard estimation case from the demand side, you would be obviously wrong, right? And the irony is that everyone is taught this technique. And what we point out is that you should only do a case from a demand side if the supply of whatever you are calculating can meet demand. If supply cannot meet demand, it is clearly a case that needs to be tackled from the supply side, right? And there are classic examples of this, you know, uh, demand for seven series in Indonesia. While you could order your seven, so if I had to ask you to calculate the market size for seven series BMWs in Indonesia today, Everyone will do it from the demand side, right? Everyone would do it, but it's not a demand side case. Because if you think about it very carefully, there's always a waiting list for the seven series of most luxury cars in emerging markets. That wait list usually exceeds 12 months. So what happens is that even though people would get the BMW 7 Series eventually, they won't get it within the 12-month period for which you're calculating the market size. They'll get it in the next 12-month period. And market size is calculated per annum. So... Because market size is calculated per annum, and even though the car is ordered in this annum, and it's delivered in the next period, the actual market size for cars is the ability for BMW to supply cars to that market, right? And there are other classic examples, right? There are many, many cases where it's just not a demand-side case. If I had to ask you to calculate the number of bagels that are sold in the average Starbucks in the United States on a Saturday morning, I'll tell you right now, everyone will tackle it as a demand-side case, right? They'll go population of the United States, they'll segment it into people who go out on weekends, people that go out for lunch on weekends, breakfast on weekends, what they order, blah, blah, blah. The answer will be invariably wrong. When you are dealing with small spaces, 
like a Starbucks store, even a football stadium, because a football stadium is small relative to the population of a country. When you're dealing with small spaces or enclosed spaces, supply-side cases whereby you look at the processing capacity of either the doors to get in or the cashiers are far more accurate than doing this from the demands. And in fact, I would dare you to do it. Work out the number of bagels that are sold by the average Starbucks in the in one in the average Starbucks in the United States on a Saturday morning. Do it from the demand side and do it from the supply side. Do it from the supply side whereby you are simply looking at the number of cashiers, how long they take to process transactions, how many transactions are for breakfast, how many are for bagels, and so on. Work in percentages. You will find that the supply side will be orders of magnitude more accurate and you'll find that the demand side approach will be totally ridiculously wrong, right? And the thing is that there's all these little tricks about estimation cases. Everyone treats estimation cases as just blind demand side cases. Now, even though they treat it demand as demand side cases, the, the technique in which they solve it is totally wrong, but that's a different story. Let's just talk about the, the um, approach they take. So just because just because it's an estimation case doesn't mean it's a demand side case. You really have to understand whether demand is driving the issue, the, 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 the metric you are measuring, or whether it's supply constrained. If it's supply constrained, it's a supply side case. You use a totally different approach to do the calculation. It's not driven by demand, it doesn't start from population. If it's small spaces or basically contained spaces, supply side cases work much better. And in fact, we can teach you to solve a case either from the supply side or the demand side. All cases can be solved from either side, but you have to make some conversions to do that. The trick, however, is that if you identified as the metric that you're calculating is driven by demand, it becomes much easier. Or if you, if you determine that the metric you are calculating is driven by supply, or constrained by supply, I suppose is the correct terminology, it becomes much easier. And what you will find later, right? Let me give you another example, right? If I had to tell you to estimate the number of power plants, nuclear power plants that are built worldwide in a year, that's obviously a supply-side case, right? Because the number of po nuclear power plants built each year is not driven by demand. It's driven by the number of nuclear engineering companies that can actually build a nuclear power plant. So even though the market may be demanding 450 power plants in a year, the actual number that's going to be built is driven by the number of companies with the skills and the available engineers to build it. So that's clearly a supply-side problem. And you have to tackle it from the supply side. But when you start doing that, you'll realize you, there's just no way you can figure it out, right? Because how do you work out the number of engineering companies and what their current order book is and how many engineers they have available? So in that case, where it's an obvious supply-side problem, you have to build out a demand-side case but put in a correction factor in your demand side case, right? What is a correction factor? Do your full demand side case and at the end say, even though 495 nuclear power plants need to be built, we'll assume only 20% will be built due to lack of availability of qualified engineers. You do the same thing with the supply side case, which is clearly a case that you cannot design it from the supply side, right? Think of the BMW case, right? The perfect example of building it from the supply side would be to would determine the number of factories BMW has worldwide, the number of cars allocated to other markets, the number of cars left over for Indonesia, and then you can work out how many cars go to Indonesia. But you can't do that because in a supply side case like this, the interviewer is not giving you any inf information, so you have to make estimates. So the right way to do this is to do it from a demand side, but to put in a correction factor to say that even though 2,000 cars are going to be ordered in Indonesia in a year, 
only 1,000 will actually be delivered. So just to recap, doing estimation cases from the demand side is really going to mess you up badly, completely mess you up. You need to understand where the driver comes from or the limiting factor and tackle the case on that side. But it gets messy because even in some cases where you, as demand side makes sense, like small areas and enclosed spaces, supply side works much better. Even in cases where it's an obvious supply side case, you don't have the data, you have to tackle it from the demand side and adjust your equation. Even where it is clearly a demand side case, you have to tackle it from the supply side because the data is not available from the demand side and put in a correction factor. So I find it really funny when I look at people solving these cases. I mean, it's like everyone. We've, we had a session today with guys from Harvard Business School joining us by video conference. And I was just very surprised that a school of that caliber this this very simple technique is not permeated into the school and people are just doing estimation cases really horribly right firstly you have to get the philosophy right which is this, which is what this podcast is about once you get the philosophy right then there's a technique in how you solve it in the way you lay out all your steps that is also a mess and i think you've got to fix both things you've got to have the right philosophy or the right logic which is what we discussed in this podcast and once you get the right logic you have to look at the right layout and i can assure you right now the layout is where people get messed up because in the layout of how you of how you lay out your calculations, people get their units mixed up. They don't know how to put in conversion factors. They get their zeros in the wrong places. But there's a very five, a very simple five-step process to lay out estimation cases, which of course is for a different podcast. As always, if you have comments, I'll be more than happy to respond.